Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Racing on America's classic circuit. From Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. everyone although it is still november 2015 technically the 2016 of the imsa weather tech sports car championship kicks off today the first day of testing as we have a pit lane full of cars new and some maybe readjusted from last year getting ready to go out for their first on-track session i'm shay adam i'll be bringing you all the coverage for imsa radio of this test it's both today and tomorrow going to get lots of interviews from many different drivers, some of which are wearing new overalls and shirts that we are not used to seeing them in, some of which are more familiar faces. But uh, to get things kicked off, let's start with Mr. Mark Miller and chat with him about the season to come. Glad that we had the announcement uh, a couple of weeks back that you're going to be with the Riley team for multiple races this year. How did that whole package come together? Well, um, at Petit Le Mans this year, the uh, Ben and Bill sat me down and, and said, you know, we'd like to go back and, and race Le Mans. And I said, I would really like to go with you. And they said, well, that, that's the plan. If we get that invite back, we want to have the same driver lineup. We thought everybody uh, got along well together and, and did a good job. So we want to go back and, and maintain the continuity. So on that front, uh, they added um, the 20, Rolex 24 and the 12 Hours of Sebring and Petit Le Mans to, the, to that program just for that continuity to work well with the team and at, at one point they weren't weren't sure if I was going to be alongside Ben and Jerome in the 33 Viper Exchange car but I think that decision at Petit was you know to might as well stay all together for all of those races and learn as much about the car and work with the team as much as possible and it's really in an effort to go back and and try to win Le Mans um, in the AM class and um, Ben is extremely dedicated, the entire team is extremely dedicated to doing that. So, um, obviously, Jerome is the only one out of the entire bunch that's won Le Mans, so everyone else is kind of chosen to, to kind of do that. Yet, Ben and Dominic Farnbacher, who's going to be joining us for the Rolex 24-hour in Daytona, um, they've both won at Daytona, but Jerome, and of course myself, because I'm rookie there, have not, so... Um, it's it's a neat mix. Everyone's really motivated, so it, it looks like it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, you touched on a neat note there that all the wins that this team had last year weren't necessarily with the driver pairing that you would have expected. They got the win at Daytona, then it was a totally different lineup, save for Cameron Lawrence and Al Carter at the Glen who got the win. They looked strong for the win until the last about 10 minutes at Sebring. What kind of pressure does that bring to you, though, as somebody who hasn't necessarily done those races and definitely not with this team? Well, I mean, if you look at it, um, Cameron Lawrence hadn't done it, and Al Carter hadn't done it, and Ben, that was, you know, his second season. So it's just, um, you know, this team kind of pushes confidence on you. You either crumble under that pressure or they they give you the tools to be confident. And, you know, I said it last year when I got, I was going to go to Le Mans and then had the opportunity to race at Laguna Seca 
uh, with Jeff Mosing in, in, in the 93 car, I am going to do everything they tell me to do and listen. And um, there's a cougar behind me right now. There is a giant Florida panther on the hood of the Viper, which um, says the word me next to it. That's interesting. Did you know that livery was going to be on there? I didn't. I didn't. Um, I'm glad you said Florida Panther because I think everyone would have said Cougar and they were like, oh, Mark's looking at uh, hot older chicks. That's cool. But, um, no, <laughs> back to what I was saying, which I don't remember now. Um, we were talking about being a part of this team that's won so much. Yeah, so, you know, just doing everything they tell you to do is, is enough to really be in the right position to, to win these endurance races, I believe. And, and I'm, I'm not going to try to put that much pressure on myself. Obviously you always do internally but you don't want to put so much pressure on yourself that you make mistakes and you can't make mistakes here I mean they don't that's the last thing you want to do is make mistakes so that's the goal is make no mistakes be perfect in every way no pressure no pressure sounds easy well this car went and from the back of the pack last year all the way to the front won the race but as we were saying a few minutes ago before we turned on the microphone it's not the new car. It's it's one of the older ones. So what do you guys learn from this test, and how does that help you get back to the victory lane? Well, like you said, Shay, I mean, I walked the paddock yesterday, and I was like, you know what? This is the only, maybe one other car. This is the only car that's coming back that is one of the cars. So um, everything else is new, so everyone is going to have some, some teething issues and, and getting things sorted. A lot of these cars are be honestly they're already sorted because they've been racing in europe and and they've done tests already this car's got a lot of miles and experience under its belt however what's new to gt uh d class this year are all the gt3 regs so we've got a new rear wing which is the gt3 wing um, abs and traction control which was not allowed in this class before um, and a lot of the things that we're going to spend several days working on are those details and sorting them out to make them work with these continental tires and and make the, and get the balance back that they already had. So it is kind of a new car in a way. And Jerome mentioned to me earlier, he goes, I haven't driven the car in GT3 specs. So it's a new car for him as well, even though he's got thousands of laps under this. And it's Jerome Blake Mullen, so he's plug and play. You put him in anything. But I have to ask, the Midweek Motorsport Listeners Collective was going crazy following the adventures of Bill and Mark. Obviously, you're still alive. I've seen Mr. Riley this morning, so I know he survived. But how was your drive to deliver the new Viper? It was it was awesome. You know, I actually expected a little more um, being made fun of on the trip. And he toned it down. He waits till people are around before he makes fun of me. Like, <laughs> so... But we had a we had a really good time. We were able to we wouldn't put any pressure on ourselves to, to make it at a certain time to deliver the car to CJ Wilson, and um, we didn't wash it, we didn't do it, nothing. We didn't. We showed it. We arrived at 24 hours after we picked it up, pretty much, as it would have run a 24 hour race. Nice. And we we made some several stops. We drove down some dirt roads. We, we did things that we wanted to, we did what we wanted to do. It was our day, so we had a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, you know, at night when you drive cross country like that, some of the prettiest areas, like through Arizona, New Mexico, with all those mountain ranges and everything, we couldn't see. It was just like road and rumble, road and rumble the whole way, and a little bit of snoring. And it was, it was when we got into the light though, we started to roll the cameras again and, and make it work. But it was, I'll tell you, we had a lot of fun. CJ's stoked with the car. When he got it, he drove it to 
um, a car auction right after we dropped it off. He's, and he, he texted us and he goes, this is so awesome. Um, so he's going to have a lot of fun. And, and tomorrow, he's actually taking it to go track day right away. So it'll have maybe 100 miles on it on the street after we delivered it to and from the track day. But it'll have two or 300 miles on those uh, uh, on the car on the track. So he's pretty excited. Someone familiar with what it takes to win at Daytona is Ashley Freiberg. And Ashley, it's been a whole year, though, since you got that win. It's about time for another one, but you're looking to the next step up. Any chance of we seeing you in the WeatherTech IMSA series next year? Um, there's a good chance. I mean, I'm, I'm working on it. I definitely don't have anything in place. Um, I do have a few options, though, which is a good thing, a good place to be in right now. But, yeah, I mean, it's my dream. It's always been my dream to race in the 24-hour actually to win the 24 hours like one of my ultimate goals so um who knows maybe it could be this year and does it matter what class or are you not picky you just want to get behind the wheel of a car uh yeah i'm not picky right now i just want to make that step and i mean i'd love to be in in like dp but you know i just have to make that next step up so wherever i end up is kind of what where it happens well, obviously, you have strong ties with BMW, racing with them and IHG last year. Are we going to see you back with them this year? Uh, that's another thing I'm still working on. I really hope so. I mean, we, we had a great season last year together, so uh, and we all do want to continue. So we're, we're definitely working on a way to make sure that happens, but we'll see. If you get the opportunity for a one-off at Daytona, but you also have the opportunity to maybe continue in Conti for a championship, are you going to go for that as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean... I'm just a racer at heart, and I just want to drive something, you know. So, uh, yeah, if I had the opportunity, which I am still looking, uh, to race in Continental, and especially if it's in a championship-winning environment, uh, I would definitely go for it, for sure. What's your driver rating? Uh, My driver rating is silver, so that's a good place for me to be (laughs) in right now. So, uh, yeah, it definitely helps, for sure. And have you been playing that up to your advantage? Yeah, absolutely. What's the most exciting and enticing thing for you about racing at Daytona? Just all the history around it, mostly. Um, And, I mean, I don't know, just, like, when I've been here to watch the race, just, like, that feeling you get when it starts, and even, like, you know, when they're racing at night, just that the history behind it is really just the coolest thing about it by far. You mentioned racing at night. You got an opportunity to do a little bit of that last weekend. What was that like for the first time? (laughs) It was so cool. I was like, I only got like three laps, but um, I was just like grinning the whole time because it just, it was just really cool. I don't really know how to describe it. (laughs) Made you eager for more. So is there a chance of even maybe looking further down the road, a Sebring appearance, a Watkins Glen, a Petit Le Mans? Absolutely. Sebring, that's also one of my goals is to win the 12 hour. Um, So yeah, I mean, hopefully I can do at least like the three big endurance races, like Petit as well. Um, but yeah, Watkins Glen's like my favorite track, so I, I'd love to do the whole season. Really, is the main the main thing, but we'll see what happens. Well, we'd love to see you in a car, Ashley. Thanks for chatting with us. And big smile on her face. <laughs> Thank you. Hanging out in the Audi garage. Of course, I'm gonna find Dion Bamolka. Dion, you're still wearing the Audi shirt, but how's it looking for a full season? Um, to be honest, probably not the best right now. Um, you know, I'm just here listening to the car and understanding what's happening. I'm not driving, but it's, it's so good to be a part of, you know, this test and the new car and, and seeing his first laps around here at Daytona. And, you know, ultimately having lots of meetings and discussions this weekend. Um, 
as of right now, there's a few discussions going on. A lot of it's kind of dependent on driver classification stuff, and that's not finalized until December 1st. So right now you're kind of sitting on your hands and keeping your fingers crossed that it works out, but yeah, it's, just, it's, it's been a tough offseason so far for sure. Well, definitely you're one of the highest rated silvers out there. You got like, what, half a million poles last year. Once you got one, it just kept going. And what is the biggest strength that you can bring towards not just an Audi program, but anyone's program in the GTD class? Well, yeah, I think we had a lot of focus last year on the qualifying, and, and that's where it paid off. Um, but there's there's a lot of strong silver drivers out there. And, you know, honestly, uh, for me, I, I feel like the, the teamwork side of things, uh, understanding roles and playing that role is a very important part of being a silver driver and, and, and where we are right now. So I feel like my knowledge of the program of what we need to do to make a program or help program win races and hopefully win championships is where my strongest point is. And, you know, really the the energy within the team and, and all of that demographically and, and uh, culturally, I feel like I can bring a lot to the table there. But it's... Uh, kind of up in the air right now you know so we'll see but everything is positive right now and uh you just gotta have to cross your fingers is all you can do third in the championship last year what was it like to finish off the season so strong yeah you know it was finally nice to have a good championship run going into the year for sure the focus and the goal was to win the championship as a driver all you can ever really hope for is to be able to go into the last race and say I can battle for a championship we were able to achieve that only one point back things didn't go our way it, it happens in racing and motorsports we got kind of caught out when that checkered flag flew um, but ultimately strategy wise the Scuderia Corsa guys just were better than us they're quicker than us and had a better strategy and that's what you need to win championships so in the moment in the biggest moment we didn't perform at the absolute best, which was disappointing. But for sure, it was nice to, to have a good championship battle. Um, but I really want to go win a championship next year. So hopefully we can do that. Well, and the two guys who did win the championship, you won the 12 Hours of Sebring with uh, in 2012. You've won that race a couple of times. You've also won the 24 Hours of Daytona back in 2013 in an Audi. But regardless of the manufacturer, you know how to get it done. So how can you help bring that winning mentality to a team? Well, you know, the big thing is for the 24 hours of Daytona, especially now with everybody having new cars, is understanding where the focus needs to be and those little things from the driver's side where we can help. And I've had now the experience over many years of understanding where those little things are and what needs to be done to make sure, A, there's no mistakes happening, and B, that it's going quickly and everything from driver changes to setup. Um, so I feel like I, I bring that knowledge of the past of understanding what put us in the position to win and that's a very key component um, so I feel like wherever I go I can help, I can bring that knowledge and, and also some speed in the track as well which is kind of an important thing it's kind of why we're here right uh, so yeah it's 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 for me hopefully the teams will see it the same way but after winning Daytona I realized how important certain little things are. And from driving with Philippe and Ollie and Edo, they had the knowledge for many years. So I was able to learn a lot that year and put that knowledge to the test with the new program. Great. Well, and you touched on the big thing, new car. Everybody's got new GTD cars. They're GT3 spec. 
What are the biggest differences on the new Audi R8 versus the one that you drove last year? Driving style is completely night and day different. Yeah, absolutely. The, the GTD cars, you know, as a driver, you talk about attacking, really late braking, turning the car in, and really just attacking the track. And the GTD car, if you would do that, you would go slower. It was very much balancing the car on the limit. Where the GT3 car, it's much more of an attack mentality to get a lap time out of it. Um, so I, I've now had about three days or so in a GT3 car, so it's been adapting to that. Uh, but it's very, you know, the downforce, the ABS, the traction control, it's all a big factor in how you drive it and get the lap time out of the car. Uh, so I was actually honestly surprised to feel that and see that. And it makes sense now when I look at people who went from GT3 cars two GTD cars while they struggled a little bit and that makes a lot more sense for me now um, so that's going to be a big difference for, for everybody next year uh, it's GT3 cars are, are fast it's a lot of cars um, they're more physical to drive but this new Audi R8 and you know very similar with the new Lamborghini they're very similar cars have a nice air inflow for the driver which is really great but the biggest difference is just how you attack and, and drive the car the way you're describing that makes me almost think of a prototype. And you have experience in prototypes. I'll be, it's been a couple of years. Is it similar at all? You know, I would say for sure it's more similar than, than the old, especially than the GTT car. It still is a heavier, softer car, but the mentality is much similar, much more similar. Uh, you use the downforce of the car. Um, ultimately, with the tire being a little bit more different of a compound, that affects it but to the 2010 Daytona prototype I would say it's actually pretty similar now to where the new prototypes are going it's night and day it's light years still different but it's a huge step in that direction from where GTD used to be and the teams this weekend in GTD only have nine tires to go through nine sets of tires that limits them greatly and Audi's still sitting in the garage we're about halfway through the first practice session they could be conserving. They didn't mean to actually do this, but what sort of experience do you get going out on the track with the new tires, the new car? Where do you even begin to tell your engineers where you are when everything is so different? Well, the great thing about this Audi R8 LMS is it's already raced and won in Europe. So Daytona is a very, very different track, but they've got already a good amount of knowledge on this car. So I think the, the baseline setup they have is pretty far advanced compared to where other manufacturers will be. Um, so it's one of the things as a driver, you're not starting from scratch. You know, they, they've got a good idea on what works and what doesn't work. When you're new to Daytona, which is a very different deal already, you know, you, you got to make sure that you're in the right arrow window, but not touching anywhere with the ground. So that's the kind of the first focus. And from there, when you're starting, you're, you're obviously looking to make sure the electronics, the traction control, when it's kicking in and where it's working is in the correct phase. Also, the ABS in the same regard, too. Um, and then it's going to be a different track, a different race for us this year because, you know, with the GTD car, it was very fast straight line. Braking was pretty good, but not what it's going to be now. So the way traffic flows, it's going to be very, very different. So that's going to be the first kind of step. And then, honestly, at this test, you're more focused on the tire than you are really on the setup. A uh, big focus for us this weekend will just be understanding the tire, the Continental, how it's going to work on this GT3 car. Uh, we, 
we've run it, but not with the oval Continental tire. So that's going to be the big focus for everybody at this test. It'll be more about the tire than really the setup, chassis, and aero, and stuff like that. Well, the big focus for every team should be getting you in their car. Dan, thanks for talking to us. And uh, he is available, ladies and gentlemen, a silver still for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely still silver and, and looking for rides. But no, thank you. I really appreciate you guys talking to me. And I've been really blessed with the support I've had from fans that means a lot and it helps a lot for us drivers so just want to say thanks to all the fans out there sending messages on Twitter and Facebook and asking what's going on it, it helps big time The Voice of Sports Cars United IMSA Radio A quiet moment brought on by a little bit of rain gives us a chance to talk with Ryan Eversley Ryan, you are back in a PC car you've run PC before but that was uh, two years ago Petit Le Mans, was it? Uh, it was 2014 Petit Le Mans uh, ran with Starworks, and before that, I actually drove for Bar One at Laguna for about eight laps of practice. And then in the in the same session, my teammate had a bit of an off, and uh, that ended our weekend. So, um, so yeah, so I'm I'm not new to the car, but I'm still learning every time I drive it. What's the biggest thing about driving a car without a roof around Daytona? That's got to be pretty insane. You know, the buffeting was pretty pretty severe this morning but johnny's saying the same thing so i don't know if it's maybe we're too high in the seat or we need a different windscreen or something but um honestly it the pc car does everything you want to do it can break so much later than a gt car it's got so much more grip through the high speed stuff so like parts that in a gt car are a bit of a handful they're actually pretty simple in this thing um our biggest thing with this car is power down it's really easy to light the rear tires up and it's like a drift show coming off the the horseshoe so three three turns here where you're just trying to limit wheel spin and second gear um that's probably the big thing and then just being good in aero like i don't drive anything that's this light with this much aero ever so it's a big jump for me but uh, i'm very happy to be able to do it the johnny reference was johnny mullen yeah. who actually sat on pole here last right. year so he knows how to go pretty fast what advice has he been able to give not only you but the whole team well, it's really nice to have him here because he he's driven the cars now for a long time, and yeah, he had the pole here last year, and he's just been able to give us feedback on on how to drive the car and get the most out of it. And uh, um, his setup information is is much more valuable than mine is at the moment because he's been in these cars a lot more. So he just speeds up the process of Adam and I getting comfortable in the car. And uh, and I just I've known him for a long time. In fact, we were talking this morning. Uh, Last time he and I properly hung out, we went skydiving together after Petit Le Mans like five years ago. So, yeah, so we're, it, it's good having him here. I didn't realize you were so crazy, Ryan. Uh, well, Gunnar Jeanette's the crazy one. He just dragged myself, Tom Milner, Andy Lally, and, and Johnny along for, for a morning of, or an afternoon of fun. Of course, we're all hung over because it was after Petit Le Mans. So, uh, yeah, um, I didn't really want to jump out of an airplane, but... Gunner wanted me to jump out of an airplane, so if your friends are all doing it, you got to do it, right? Peer pressure. That's the basis of racing, pretty much. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, I went through their flight. You have to do it. And I'm like, fine, I will. So it's exactly how skydiving was for me. A couple of changes to the car from last year. Uh, the Continentals are different as well. What's it been like to try and adapt to those? Well, yeah, I've been out of it so long because I didn't do any races this year. Um, so for me, it's just another, you know, it's like figure out a race car kind of a thing. So uh, the car is the same in terms. I think there's a little more power than the last time I drove it, but they haven't added any of the new updates to get the cars quicker. So right now, you know, something I should have mentioned already, but right now the alarming thing is that we're almost the exact same speed as all the GTD cars and GTLM cars. In fact, some of them are actually pulling away from us in a straight line. So you have to get it done on the on the braking, and now the GTD cars have ABS, so their braking is even better than it was. So they really do need to 
I know it's a tough thing to say, but like they need to figure out the balance between the classes because it's going to be, as of right now, it's going to be a lot of hairy maneuvers to get through the uh, traffic. So, you know, the pros will be able to figure it out, but for the guys like Adam that does this four or five times a year, uh, it's going to be very difficult when he's going against guys in GT LM cars from Factory Efforts. So, um, that's the biggest thing I would I'd be looking at as a fan watching the race, and like how hard it is to pass the uh, GT cars. So the gentleman driver will be the biggest wild card in terms of the PC class. Yeah, I mean that's how it always is, right? Because those guys aren't as experienced generally. Um, but the, the what I've noticed is the way to get the lap time out of this car is obviously being able to utilize the braking very late, flat through the kink, really big speed to the to the bus stop, and that's really where it separates the the pro from the guy that does this, you know, for fun. In most cases, so that hurts the guy that's that's two seconds off of let's say a Johnny Mullum in a G, in a PC car, he's now right in the middle of the GTLM class, and at this track, you can't get away. There's only like two big braking zones, you know. And you go to a place like Road Atlanta where the arrow really takes over, you can really get a little bit of a, some breathing room. But here, like all the way around the banking, you're like, is that Lamborghini still next to me? Yes. Okay. Still there? Yes. Still there? Yes. Like all the way from the bus stop to turn one. How does it help you, being a factory GT driver, come into a role where you're driving a prototype? It helps me, you know, it's just another skill set to learn. No uh, no trash control, no ABS currently, and a lot of downforce, lighter weight. And it's just learning to use aero. So um, the HPD guys, everybody at Honda and Acura, are very, very kind to let me race in the PC class because there's no manufacturer basis behind it. And that's pretty much all I'm allowed to do outside of my Honda commitments, and I'm very happy about that. Um, but the uh, my, my my pitch to them is, like, let me race a PC car. It doesn't hurt the brand of Acura or Honda, and it teaches me to be a better race car driver, which I then, you know, put to use in the in the, in the the TLX or an ST car or whatever. So the more stuff you can drive, I think, the better off you'll be. And in this case, it's a high downforce, uh, torquey motor. You know, it really helps your skill set. And look at the people you get to race against. Johnny Mullen, Jack Hawksworth, Sean Rahal, uh, you know, a bunch of IndyCar drivers. And uh, so that just builds your, your skill level as well. Well, it's starting to get noisy here, so I'll ask you really quick. Are we going to see you back in Conti this year, and are we going to see you in IMSA in more capacities than just this? Obviously, the IMSA WeatherTech Series is, is pretty expensive to run, and so sponsorships, the only reason we're able to make this happen in the PC car. And my teammate, uh, Adam Merzon, works with Kset uh, Binders. So if Kset thinks it's a good idea for us to play with the PC car, then we will. Um, uh, Kset, it's a good idea for them to play with the PC car. Right, right. So if everybody goes out right now and buys a Kset Binder, I'll probably be okay. <laughs> um, the uh, the Continental side, the ST class, or, or G- I'm not allowed to run GS because of my Acura commitments, which is you know, cool. Uh, and the ST class is awesome. I've run there for a long time. But I don't know as of right now if there's a car for me for other than two or three races because the heart team is looking at changing their participation level around for some other stuff they want to do in the future so as of right now i don't have anything confirmed for continental but if uh they call tomorrow and say hey we'd like you to go drive the civic for joe thompson racing or whatever then i'll be there with my my helmet i'll have to look into joe thompson racing it's a new team they just started follow them on twitter no they just made that up yeah uh, um yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to get in the Continental Series because I absolutely love that class. It's kind of where I made a name for myself, and the racing's awesome. But uh, front-wheel drive cars haven't really been the, the way to go in that class, and f- unfortunately for Honda, that's what they have right now. So 
Um, I think if you saw the BOP go a little bit back towards the direction of all front-wheel drive cars, the old Mazda Speed 3, the Volkswagen Jettas, the Honda Civics, those are the three manufacturers that are actually bringing contingency money to the class. And unfortunately, the BOP heavily favors the MX-5 or the Cayman or any of the rear-wheel drive cars that have good good balance. So um, that's kind of actually limiting. If you look at, I'm, I'm rambling now like an idiot, but if you look at Continental like three years ago, they had like 15 to 20 Honda Civics on a given weekend. That's a ton. And now there's only, next year it looks like there's only going to be two and only one of them full time. So, uh, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Always great for a chat. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, guys, I really wanted to get you an interview with the Ford driver, but seeing as none of them will actually admit to being here because the big driver announcement comes on Friday down at the Homestead Motor Speedway where the Ford 400 is going to be going on, I've decided instead to let the cars speak for themselves. So here is the sound of the two Fords getting ready to leave their pit boxes. They'll be firing up any second. Welcome back to full-time racing in the States. Could not be happier to see you and Ryan Dial in a car together. That's a dream team come true. How did that all come as uh, as a result of last season? Well, you know, obviously I had, I had a very limited program last year, but I was I was still under contract with SRT. Um, but at the same time, you know, it gave me an opportunity to be around in the paddock and talk to other people and... Uh, I think it was at Road America that I first time started talking to Troy Flitz about this program, uh, finding out that there were some openings. And, you know, in all honesty, I liked uh, the whole Viper program, but when SRT pulled out as an official uh, manufacturer for, for the GTLM class, you know, I ended up, you know, having a good ride in GTD for, for a limited program. And I'm a little bit from the uh, principle that as a pro driver, if you stay too long in GTD, that's where you're going to be forever. And uh, so I think timing was right for me to move back up. Um, but there weren't too many places to go to in GTLM. So, you know, the most logical step, I think, for myself at this point was to, um, you know, to go with this team. And, you know, knowing that it would be a step again for myself to go into DPs because I haven't driven them for seven years. But there's no better place to do it. You know, like these guys have proven that they have, you know, a great team, a good car, the whole package. You know, it's, it's what it should be. So it makes it a lot easier for, uh, for a driver to, uh, I should say, readapt to, uh, to Daytona prototypes. So, you know, I was pretty happy to work it out, um, you know, to work the deal out with Troy, not, not only for 2016, but looking ahead and, you know, hopefully be on the grid with them in 2017 in an LMP2 car. That would be super fun. And then potentially even getting you back to Le Mans. How does that play in your mind? Is that a priority or is that just a little bit of icing on the cake? Well, you know, first of all, I'm here to, um, you know, to be in a, in, in a good team with a great car. You know, the, the package, you know, to be competitive and try to win races and championships. So, um, you know, unfortunately, this group at this moment in time doesn't go to Le Mans. Um, Le Mans is something that's high on every driver's list. Um, and I've done it 12 times. So... Uh, every time that I'm not there, I'm just missing it more and more. So, so yeah, hopefully, I mean, 
the deal that I have here is non-exclusive, so hopefully, um, you know, I can work something out to do a limited program in Europe and and combine that with Lamar. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm really excited. And like you said, uh, Ryan, with me, um, yeah, I think the team spoke to Ryan for a while, and then uh, there seemed to be a conflict with Long Beach uh, with his WEC program. Uh, when we then later on talked. You know, he had his clash with uh, Daytona and Sebring as well as the Patron car is going to run this with ESM. Um, but then it turned out that Ryan didn't have a contract for that. So he was just going to do it for Patron, um, you know, basically as two one-up races with them. Uh, but when he when he found out that, you know, we weren't too complicated about him not doing Long Beach, you know, he realized that he could do this whole season, you know, by Long Beach. So he, um, I think the minute he knew that, he... You know, he was um, he was asking for help from uh, from Ed Brown and Scott Sharp, and you know they've been they've been really good with him, and, and you know obviously they weren't going to stand in his way to come and do this program next to uh, to what he has going with them. So you know it just it just worked out. We just need to find a good third driver now um, to do the three long races here and Long Beach because Ryan is then at Silverstone. So, um, so yeah, I need a good third driver that you know helps me in uh, trying to get the driver championship next year. And what sort of comfort is it to come into the season with a guy that you've driven before with in the past? Um, well, it obviously helps a lot. Like like I said before, they they have a good car here. They have a good team. Uh, both drivers are new, but at least we know each other. So, you know, I think teamwork wise, I think we we're we're in pretty good shape because we kind of know from each other what we want in the car and, and how we deal with things so you know, I think it's a step ahead to, uh, you know, to what a lot of other people have so yeah, I'm really uh, really excited and uh, I can't wait for, for January to come around. And how is the car? You're going from a class where you're getting passed by everybody to one where you get to pass everyone. I hope we do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's good I mean I haven't been thinking about that one so far but uh, yeah for sure in the, you know being in the fastest classes. It's definitely helping it when you go through traffic at the, at the race like Daytona. Um, you know, but for me right now, it's just you know getting used to the DP again. You know, adapting to to that drive style again because I've been away from this since seven years now, I think. Um, so a lot of people tell me, yeah, the cars have you know moved forward a lot and uh, you know everything changed. But at the same time, GT cars changed a lot. So I went through that evolution um, both in GT3 and GTLM. So you know, it, uh, I drove it this morning, and, and you know, the, my first comment when I came into the pits was like, "It feels like I've never been away from DP racing." So, um, which has proved that the team is good, and, and that the car that they give us is, is you know, is straight away out of the box. It's pretty good. So, um, so far, it's been it's been running well. So, um, you know, hopefully, the rest of this test goes well, and then then we can work on January. So, what do you guys learn from this test then? Well, it's it's more me getting used to it and getting to know the whole team and, and see um, you know how they work things and, and you know how they communicate and everything else because to me that's still one of the biggest factors in racing is communication between the engineers uh, and the drivers and you know so we're we're learning but you know it's uh, like I said from the start it feels like a, like a nice little family um, uh, kind of what we had at Riley um, except from there's more people there um, but no this is uh, you know it felt it felt like uh, like a new family but but at least you know a family atmosphere and uh, so far I'm pretty happy yes! Oh, yes! IMSA radio your route 
to American Sports Car Racing. BMW have a couple of new toys to play with, and uh, one of them is being driven by John Edwards. John, you've got a lot of experience in BMW, but what's the M6 like versus what you've been used to? Well, I came in right as a Z4 came online, so this is really my first new car with BMW. So it's been interesting, you know, doing the test at Sebring for a few days and being a part of that development process. Um, you know, it's not like just a normal race weekend. It's uh, bringing out a new car. You've got to focus on the systems and um, a lot of things aside from your typical, you know, spring and bar platform that you deal with on a race weekend. So it's been interesting. I think the car's got a lot of potential, but we obviously have a lot to uh, to sort through and figure out, um, you know, what's going to be the best balance. And I think we'll uh, I think we'll be highly competitive, but we've definitely got to uh, to work through. Um, work through a lot of stuff that's that's all it's all on the list before Daytona comes around 15 sets of tires for this weekend for you guys to go through how many of those do you plan on using and how long of this test do you plan on running uh that's the first I've heard of I heard the actual number actually so it's kind of <laughs> mind-boggling when you think one car and 15 sets of tires over two days but uh it doesn't surprise me I mean you know we BMW is going to use all the resources we have and um I think I think, I think there's some value in running um, to a full stint on tires, so I don't see why we would, uh, you know, throw stickers on it every time we go out. But, um, you know, we, we had some stuff. Um, we, we had a lot of sets at Sebring as well that we used and uh, evaluated the car on old tires versus new. Um, you know, Daytona, despite the fact that you have 30 sets of tires for the whole weekend at Daytona, um, you do have to go through long stints on on those tires because the race is so long so 30 sets sounds like a lot but when you add up all the practice sessions and qualifying um you know and and then roughly an hour for the stints in the race um you know you're going to end up with cautions having to run a stint and a half sometimes or maybe even double stints so you know we have to evaluate the car in all in all uh you know all forms and it is a different challenge coming to Daytona. A lot of people compare it to Le Mans, but in Daytona you're not penalized for changing tires with every pit stop. It doesn't take you any extra time. What's it like to go back out on track with stickers versus tires that are already warmed up? Do you feel it appreciably in the car? Well, the nice thing about Daytona is that um, if we if we feel we need to save tires, we're always going to try to do that in the cold conditions, which come at nighttime. And that's also the sketchiest time to go out on cold tires so um we feel that at daytona but we feel that at certain certain tracks depending on the asphalt and depending on the how new the track is um sometimes there's a big difference in sticker tires versus old tires um, or especially hot tires so if you can double stint tires it's definitely an advantage on the outlap it's just a matter of how much you gain on the outlap versus how much you lose at the end but um you know at daytona you're always going to going to be putting stickers on for the last five or six stints so you know you have to plan your race if you if you do need to save tires you have to plan your race to save those before the last six hours because that's when the real race happens at daytona well you touched on it briefly there the weather it's never this hot at daytona for the 24 hours how much can you guys actually learn from running well this test is great for us because um you know we're still working on some of the car development stuff um, and, and then working on our general setup in the background. Um, so that definitely won't be set in stone before the roar, and, and I think our, that our target is that the roar will be our time to really 
get our setup in order and then just make a couple of fine tuning adjustments come the race weekend. Um, so the, the weather at the Roar is going to match the race a lot closer. And I think, I don't think anyone here can, uh, can say that they'll find their perfect setup and be ready to go racing. You know, we're, we're all going to have to use the Roar for that type of stuff. But fortunately for us, we've got a new car, so we've got plenty of uh, stuff to work through while we're here at this test. There's no boredom in the BMW pits, and you guys came so close to the championship last year. I mean, it was second for Dirk and Bill in the Drivers' Championship, and BMW was second. How do you make that jump to first, though, this year? Yeah, that last race was really interesting. You know, it, it was a little disappointing for us because it was um, it seemed within reach. I mean, we beat all the prototypes. We were second overall. Uh, unfortunately, there was one car that we had to beat, and that car was first overall. And... Um, yeah, you know, those conditions suit the Porsche. You, we all know that going into a heavy rain race, that uh, the the weight balance of the Porsche is going to have a big advantage. But um, I think if that race had been in the dry or even changing conditions, we might have had a a real shot at the championship. So that's a a disappointment. But you know, all things considered, with the um, the way the Z4 came online. Um, and, and then that was its final year, um, and, and you know the Z4 having been a, a GT3 car for multiple years before that, it wasn't exactly the the latest and greatest. You know BMW was working on the M6 in the background, and, and this is going to be our latest and greatest. So I think to answer your question of what's going to take to get to uh, to P1, you know that that work's already being done um, on developing the car, and I think the fact that we were able to take a car in its last year and, and nearly win a championship uh, was impressive in itself, really. And three wins for BMW last year between uh, Long Beach, Laguna Seca, and then Coda, and it was Corvette who dominated the start of the season at Daytona and Sebring. So how do you take the Corvette down on these first two races? Uh, well, I mean, Dirk was, uh, we had some problems in, in our car, but uh, I remember Dirk ch trying to chase down the Corvette in the final stint here, so that race came down to um, you know, to a really close margin, and although Corvette won both the first two races, I think it wouldn't be fair to say that they dominated both those races. So um, that's what GTLM is all about. It's all very close competition. So um, you know, we're we're here and we're working on it now. But uh, there's a lot more unknowns uh, this year than there were last year. You know, the Corvette staying mostly the same, but you've got a Ford GT coming in. Um, you know, and, and we've got a new car coming in. So. It, it's going to be a big uh, question mark to see how everyone evens out. Can't wait to see how it all plays out, and hopefully the BMW gets a couple more wins this year. Thanks, John. All right, thanks a lot. Newly silver, Catherine Leg. That's a pretty big step for you. What was the thinking behind going for that? Um, you know, I think it opens doors with regards to trying to get a WEC and a Le Mans drive, and. Um, Everybody at the end of the year, they all apply to be whatever they think that they want to be or they think they're worthy of, and I applied, and that's what the FIA, that's the grading that they gave me, so I'm pretty happy with that. I, uh, I hope that I do get some opportunities. That would be a heck of a year for you then, Indy 500 and Le Mans. Has anybody knocked on your door yet or called you to say, hi, we're interested? Yeah, I've been speaking to a few people. Um, so we'll see what comes to that. You know, motor racing, it's a, a lot of talk until contracts get signed. And even then, it can be sketchy at times. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I hate counting my chickens before they hatch, you know. Yeah. 
well, before that even comes to fruition, we still have Daytona to worry about. And it is still 2015, but 2016 is prevalent on everyone's mind. Back for another year with the Delta Wing. What's the expectation or the hope from Daytona? Um, You know, at the moment, we've only really confirmed that we're doing the test. I am pretty sure we'll be doing the Daytona 24. (laughs) I don't know yet. Um, But Dr. Pete has that GT car that he wants to roll out at some stage and everything as well. So everything, um, I guess it's wait and see what we announce in the coming weeks. But just happy to be back here. Um, Happy to be driving the Delta Wing again. You know, we've made some, again, some huge improvements. Uh, we've got Sean driving with us this week, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's nice to be out in the sunshine in the middle of the off-season, to be honest. What's it been like to have Ray Hall in the car so far? How's his learning curve been? Yeah, it makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's such an enthusiastic young kid. It's awesome. He, uh, no, he's been really good. Um, he got out of the car, and he's like, oh, my God, that's so much fun. <laughs> and it puts it back into perspective. You know, people would kill to have the bad days that we have, and you're like, oh, this broke, or this happened, like, I lost my brakes. And then I realized, you know, it is the best job in the world. And somebody like that with their enthusiasm, I think it's good for the the whole team. And what sort of improvements have you made from Daytona last year to where you guys are now? Oh, gosh. What have we not changed, I think, is the better um, (laughs) question to ask. We've got different suspension. We've got different pickup points. We've got different gearbox. We've got different uh, gear shift system. We've got different, I'm, like, going through it, (laughs) different downforce. Um different dampers so pretty much the only thing that's the same as the steering wheel in the car i think we even changed that even (laughs) changed that you've only got a set number of tires to run on this test so will you guys run the entire time or will you just go until you've used up all 11 i think we're going to try and do the entire time you know for us it is a test it's not like let's go out and see who's quickest there isn't any timing anyway so we'll do what we can um but we're pretty good on tires. You know, that's the whole purpose of the Delta Wing is that we use less tires and less fuel and less consumables, etc., etc. So um, I think that what we've got is more than enough for us. And feeling good with the car so far this weekend? So far, so good. Fingers crossed and touch wood and all that good stuff, not to jinx myself. Yeah. <laughs> Big day for Ricky Taylor as the news come out about Lamar. You're going to be in a Corvette. And what was that you were driving today? Oh, yeah, it was a Corvette. Well, how was it? It was really cool. I mean, uh, I've spent a lot of time around the team over the past couple of years and gotten to know all the guys so it's uh it's cool to actually be doing it real uh for real this time and it's official and everything so um it puts a little extra pressure on especially you know since they're such a solid team coming off of a big Lamar win last year so I'll just do my best to um you know support them the best I can and see where we end up big change for you getting passed by cars that's not something we're used to seeing from you what was that like around the banks of Daytona yeah, there's prototype drivers, you know, they're, <laughs> I, I actually got frustrated with a couple of them because um, trying to let people go and doing what I what I would expect to want from a GT driver, and I was trying to do that, and it's amazing how different people are, you know, their behavior than, you know, when your prototypes are fighting against each other, so you kind of learn who's good in traffic and who's not from this perspective better than the other way around, so... Um, it's, it's been good, though. Um, you don't seem to be as frustrated as a whole. You're not catching people all the time. Uh, you can kind of hold them off when you're on a good lap. And, uh, it's, it's been fun, though. It's been a new learning experience. How's it going to help you, having driven a GT in the test, when you get back into the DP and are going for the overall win? Yeah, it's for sure uh, an advantage because you know where the car is on the limit and where you can give up a lane or 
um, where you can't afford to let people go. So that's that's a help. So I know when I can stick stick the car in or not, um, especially towards the end of the race when it becomes so competitive. Um, but you know, right now, just getting accustomed to the car, and, and I'm, this year will be an interesting year because I feel like all the classes are condensed, and the slowest car is now a lot closer to the fastest car. So, I mean, I, getting back into the prototypes is going to be strange. I don't. I helped a lot of prototypes off for the entire infield, and I think that's going to be the way the race might go because the GT3 cars can break so late with the ABS. Um, and they have the same top speed as the GTLM cars, so it's going to be really interesting. I think you're going to see a lot more chant or you know risky moves being taken, and it'll be interesting. You've raced a Corvette at Le Mans before. That was a GTAM, though. How different was that to what you drove today? Uh, I mean, it's a Pratt and Miller car. It was an old, you know, three or four car, so it was essentially the same. Obviously, this car has some of the updates for 16 with the a little bit more aero. Um, but it's just a totally different animal when you're in this team uh, doing it for real in the in the proper yellow cars. Well, the fire suit is very fitting on you, and uh, congrats on the big news, Ricky. Cool, thank you. IMSA Radio, your route to American sports car racing. Tristan Nunez, it's really nice to be back in a competitive state where you're here knowing that your times could be some of the best this weekend, and you could actually go for a pole and a win at Daytona 24. What's that mentality got to be like? Well, you know, I don't want to think too far ahead. Um, last thing I want to do is jinx myself, but you know, looking looking from the past, you know, it was good for me to experience that. I, I kind of looked at it as a as a college experience, if you will. Uh, you know, I learned a lot about the, how the uh, engineering side of the uh, team works, and learned a lot about teamwork. You know, if, you know, when you follow as a team, you follow as a team. It's uh, you know, there's no I in team is what I pretty much learned, and you know. It, the, the whole team aspect really uh, really played and you know with this year you know we'll succeed as a team as well so we're all really looking forward to that yeah you spent a lot of time last year out of the car not driving now you're back behind the wheel you did do a lot of testing with this car and the new engine what are the main differences between the gas power and the diesel uh, it's really hard to compare the two you know um, they're just completely different cars completely different power plants and uh you know, there's there's stuff on the diesel that I miss, and there's you know stuff on the uh, on the gas car that really brings me back to my roots, where I learned uh, you learn how to really drive. Um, you know, back in the Skip Barber days, back in the uh, prototype lights powered by Mazda days. Um, so it's kind of like going back to that, uh, where I had to relearn the how to drive really uh, with the with the diesel power plant. Miss the torque. I miss the torque. Yeah, I do miss the <laughs> torque. But you know, again, it's it's again, it's a completely different power plant. Each one has its ups and downs, but. Um, you know, really just looking forward to uh, to being competitive and winning some races this year. Eleven sets of Continentals for you guys this weekend to go through in your testing. How do you distribute that? How do you keep it even? Oh gosh, that sounds like a lot of money to me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not really um, too sure what they're planning on doing as far as tire sets. But um, you know, if we have the resources, why not use them? So uh, learn as much as we can. Um, this week, while we have the you know the rest of the guys here to base ourselves off of, so um, just really trying to learn as much as we can this week. And with four guys in the car, that gets pretty crowded on the pit box, where you all want to jump in the car and go. Yeah, how do you try and decide? Okay, I know you went out first, but how do you decide who gets to go and for how much time, and when you guys stop testing? Uh, that's mainly up to the engineers um, and you know the the boss uh, Sylvain Tremblay. Um, he's 
he's a you know a good competition director in the sense that he knows when everyone has their amount of time, who's up to speed, who's not up to speed. And you know the the, the one thing I do love about this team is it's it's such a good team environment. Um, you know we look at data together, look at video, and really try to help ourselves um, you know get better as a team. So um, it's really up to you know where we where we stack up. Um, and just trying to learn, again, learn as much as we can. So. And you guys aren't obviously pushing yet. It's just an open test. It's about learning stuff for the car. But what was the biggest difference you felt on track in one lap in, the, in this one, the petrol power, versus one lap in the diesel last year? Um, mainly a lot of top speed stuff. Um, you know, being a downforce car, um, you know, it needs air and uh, speed to, in order to work properly. So I can definitely feel the, feel the arrow working, the braking's better. Everything's really uh, coming in sync with each other now so um, yeah it's it's completely different and uh, you know it's really feeling the, the, the power of Daytona <laughs> Spencer Piggott in the car with you for yeah. this weekend at least we don't know the lineups for Daytona yet what advice have you been able to give him as an Indy Lights champ he comes pretty strong already yeah I mean I, I, I don't want to overstep my boundaries here you know we're talking to the Indy Light, talking about the Indy Lights champion here so uh, you know really excited for Spencer being in the uh, uh, Maserati Indy and finally getting that that last ride in IndyCar. So, um, you know, he's he's really open-minded. He's learning as much as he can, and he's very uh, he's a very visual learner. So, uh, we don't really have to say much. We just uh, he pretty much just sees what he sees um, from the on-track stuff, looks at the data, and you know, he pretty much teaches himself. So, uh, he's been really easy to work with, and um, hopefully, uh, he's one of our drivers for the uh, 24. Gotta ask because James Hinchcliffe has been such a key part of this role at Daytona in the past. Any chance we're going to get him back in the car? Or do you not know? I really don't know. I, I'm not sure what they're planning. You know, they, they always Mazda is always good about you know surprising us. So uh, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see what they uh, what they come up with. But as of right now, I'm um, really just worried about myself and uh, who we have here at the test, making them uh, as quick as possible. What's the biggest thing that you guys are hoping to learn from this test? Um. Pretty much decided to work as a team, really. Um, you know, now that we uh, have a different mindset going into this year, uh, we had to shift our priorities and uh, really not get greedy um, and just think about each other as a, you know, looking out for each other, uh, making sure all the crew guys look out for each other. And as far as us drivers, making out, making sure we're not, um, you know, getting too competitive with, uh, with the lap times and uh, really just focusing on teaching the guys. So really just working on teamwork for this, uh, this test. That concludes day one of testing here at Daytona International Speedway. Saw a lot of interesting things, but no times because no official times were released nor recorded. The Mazda had a bit of issue toward the end of the day. It looked like an engine issue. Uh, and other than that, everyone else looked pretty uh, fault-free. The only car, though, that managed to run the whole time without issue was the Corvette. Pretty interesting. Uh, the Ford made quite the Fords, both of them, made quite a few trips back and forth to the garage, as did the BMW, but neither of those cars seemed particularly worried because they've both done lots of additional testing as well, and the Corvettes just did their thing and kept on going. In terms of the big class, everybody was out and in and out and in, doing their own programs. Again, nobody worried, no times to be told though, so we don't really know where anyone stands. What we do know though is that a lot of teams are going to be running early in tomorrow's session, maybe not so many in the afternoon but I will be here to bring it all to you guys. From Emster Radio, this is Shay Adam.
This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.